welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Girl Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Miss Alika, and with me, I have my co-host, Coach B. And on this episode, we have a special guest with us, and it is, I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hey, everyone. My name is Shelby. And what do you do, Shelby? I am currently a school counselor for an elementary school. I directly work with third, fourth, and fifth graders. Okay. So how did you get in? What made you decide to be a school counselor? Let's talk about that background a little bit. Wait, wait one second. Can I talk about how professional Shelby sounds right now? <laughs> Kudos. Yeah, let's not, go ahead. Talk about it. Kudos. I love it. You better pop your shit, girl, because let me be a professional. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> Yay. So, it, so go ahead and talk about your background. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna mix a little bit because it's gonna be professional. And then, depending on what I'm talking about, a little slang might come out. So, you know. But let's see how I got started. Um, I always knew that I wanted to help people, and I started out thinking I wanted to be a teacher, and then I was like, no, nah, that's not for me. And then I was like, oh, I can be like a therapist. And I was just like, man, what kind of therapist am I gonna be? So I started out wanting to be a marriage and family therapist. And then as I started thinking about it, I was like, mm, if I was to ever get married, I would hate for my husband to yell at me, stop treating me like your clients. So I decided that I didn't want to be a marriage therapist anymore. I was just like, I do like kids. So let me go into the route of helping students and achieving their goals socially, emotionally, and academically. So... That's kind of how it all started. And that's so funny that you said um, you didn't want a husband telling you that you are um, fussing at them like a client. And my husband tells me that all the time, like, I am not one of your students. So, like, calm down. And I'm like, oh, my bad. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just. Okay, so that's a great question. How do you separate for both of y'all? Well, for me now, it's easy because I'm just a school counselor for kids and I currently don't have any. And so, like, I'm not trying to, like, counsel my kids or my husband or whatever. But, like, I felt like if I was to be a marriage therapist counselor, like, I felt like if he did something, I would, like, overanalyze it. Go, hmm, this is a pattern of this. So what do you think about that? And I, I just can feel him getting frustrated about it so like for me I think it's easy I think as I get older and whenever I get into that relationship standpoint and have kids I think I'm gonna have to figure out like how to separate it and it's hard to separate I'm not gonna lie to y'all um because I come home sometimes and I be so frustrated and my husband be like I don't know what you're gonna have to do but (laughs) You're going to have to stop letting them stress you out because you be fussing at us like we did something and we ain't did nothing to you. And I'd be like, dang, you're right. I got to start checking myself before I come home. So now what I do to decompress is I go for a walk to kind of like clear my mind of the day, talk it out, and then come home because it's hard to take that authoritative figure of you off once you get home. And that's good to know because... For me, like, again, as I said before, as my life changes and stuff like that, that is definitely something that I would need to know how to do. Yeah. It's tough. 
So, one of the reasons we brought Shelby on this show was because we had a little girls weekend recently. And we had some deep conversations. And we was like, you know what? We should bring you on as a third opinion. So... My question for you would be, do y'all find that it's, like, hard to make friends in this new day and age? Most definitely. Well, why did... (laughs) Sorry, for somebody who suffers from severe social anxiety, like, I can't. Like, because I'm not going out of my way to do it. First of all, let me just go ahead and put this out there. I can be a Shelby because she goes places by herself. <laughs> Unless I'm going to eat and like literally be by myself, I'm not going. I'm not talking to nobody. Yeah, like, me I'm either. not even going to try. Like, yeah. So for me, it's super hard. Uh, for me, I've always been a social butterfly. So like, it all depends on what you indicate as a friend. Like, I can go to a restaurant, sit at the table or sit by the bar area and just have a conversation with somebody. I recently did that and me and him like connected through Snapchat. Do I still socialize with him now? No, but we literally spent the whole night just having random conversation. I went to a function by myself and just socialized with people. I don't have a problem with like indicating it. I think I have a problem with making it last because we can have a good time in that moment and then we connect and swap phone numbers and stuff and then i'll be like oh well that was it and i don't reconnect so that's crazy that's not like a movie i've always wanted one of those type of days but i'm not that person so yeah um coming from my end of it i would think well i would say it is definitely hard for me to make quote-unquote friends like I'm very social, but I'm also not a social butterfly, if that makes sense. If I know the people and they seem cool, then I'll talk. But if not, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I think. But I can know I can know people that you know. Like, let's say I go somewhere with Brittany. Brittany knows people. Then I can talk to them, and I'm cool. Or I go somewhere with Shelby, and Shelby knows people. I can talk. I'm cool. But if it's just me, yeah, it's a no for me. Yeah, I think I get that aspect from my dad. Like, he's a social butterfly, too. And so, like, anywhere he goes, he can start a conversation. So I think that's where I get it from. I just, like, yeah, being an only child, too, like, you just got to figure out ways how to entertain yourself. And so, like, if it's randomly going to talk to somebody, it's randomly talking to somebody because you got I got to entertain myself somehow. And it's crazy because my daddy always says, like, he wished that he could be like me, like, as outgoing, quote-unquote, as I am. And it's like, I don't know a stranger. Like, I got friends. I can easily strike up conversations with people. But I, more times than not, I don't want to do that. It's more times than not I have said something out loud that I thought I said to myself, and people around me laugh, and then we'll start up a conversation. But I'm not going out of my way to have a conversation with anybody because my anxiety will not allow me to do it. And see, my mom is like Shelby's dad. Like, my mom doesn't meet a stranger. <laughs> like, she doesn't know what a stranger is. And I'm just like, mm, okay, girl. <laughs> Usually, like, if I'm sitting at somewhere, how I strike the conversation, I go, oh, what you eating? That looks real good. What did you just decide to drink? Or I find something to, like, pinpoint to start a conversation to let the person next to me know, like, hey, I'm willing to have a conversation with you if you start one. Or, you know what I'm saying? So, that's kind of how I did No. I have to watch this in action next time I'm around you because I 
Ooh. No, I can't do it. Let me backtrack. Just because she said something about food. Y'all, Shelby is food. <laughs> like, she will always find you a good restaurant. Like, her yeah. food always looks good. Food. Yes, I love me some good food. Like, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, as a black professional woman in an environment that you are, how do you find, like, the dating scene to be? Oof. The dating scene. The dating scene is tough. And wait, key, key word I said professional. We're not just talking about, like, you know, shoot the shit or whatever. We're talking about as an educated professional woman. Like It's still tough because you get those people, like, I think one of the toughest things is, like, first being a professional, finding somebody else that's a professional in their career and their job, find that balance to actually have the time to hang out, meet, the communication there. That's what makes it tough. Understanding like, oh, this person has to work eight hours out the day, but they work night shift and you work day shift. You know what I'm saying? So that's a one hard aspect of like being a professional and then trying to meet another professional as far as like dating, just trying to figure out time to actually hang out. Um, I think another thing is the busy, the busyness, like they have that, is that, 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 I don't even know what to say. I literally just saw it on TikTok where a guy was, a girl asked a guy, was just like, so what is, asking a guy, and it was like, so what does it mean if a guy doesn't text you back? And his response was, because he's busy out here making goals for himself and trying to conquer things, but he'll, or whatever like that. And I was just like, okay, so did that mean he too busy to text me back? So, like, <laughs> okay. So it's kind of just like that mindset of us women having to understand that men are busy and we have to accept that they may not reach out to us at an appropriate or prompt time. And in my mind, it's just like, no, because people make time for what they want to make time for. Thank you, because um, I'll never forget when I first started dating G. Our schedules were completely different. Like, when I was going to bed, he was going to work. And when he was going home, I was getting up to go to work. So all we had in the beginning was text messages. And take too long to text me back. We already don't get to talk like that. We already don't get to see each other like that. And and that's something that a lot of people don't talk about is the trying to date as you get older. You know, when you was younger in high school and all that stuff, college, you had all this free time. You did whatever you want, whatever you want. But now that you're a professional, like, I got goals. I got meetings. I have Zoom calls. I have responsibilities. I need to go grocery shopping. I need me time. I got to clean up. I got to make time for my family. Like, I don't have time to babysit you. Exactly. Right. But I do expect you <laughs> to be available when I want to talk. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, fellas, find your medium because, listen, when I'm ready to talk is when I'm ready. I don't know about you. <laughs> so it's just really just trying to find that, like, and then I think it's difficult, too, with dating is because if you bring it up as to, like, hey, like, you text me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 
then you didn't text me back on Thursday, but then randomly pop back up and text me on Saturday. And it's kind of just like, I know we're not together. Like, you said you want to get to know me. So where the communication at? I think guys are scared of, like, being truthful and communicating. But I've always been the type to be like, tell me what it is from the jump, and I can choose if I want to put up with this or not. It is not fair to me to start feeling you and, you know what I'm saying, vibing. I'm thinking we're going to, you know, kick it, whatever, whatever. And then you just ghost me like, no, you could have told me from the beginning, hey, I just broke up with my shorty. Um, I don't know how this is going to go, but at this time, I'm just having some fun. Cool. Or, I honestly would rather you come up to me and say, I have been looking at you, and I want to have sex. Yep. <laughs> because don't play with me and my feelings and my emotions for you to just turn around and want a piece of ass really trying to figure out like the whole dating scene because it's just like literally it's just like so you say you feeling me but we don't communicate all we don't con communicate consistently so i'm supposed to be okay with it and then like my guy best friend he always tells me like well if he's not texting you consistently then you know just text a bunch of different other people then and it's like man listen i work a full-time job okay and I don't have time to be texting six to five different people every day and all the time. But yeah, you know no. And I get that's the whole aspect of dating. But like, I'm so over the whole like, yeah, you're not supposed to be mad because he didn't text you like a couple of days later. Because technically, y'all supposed to be dating. Y'all supposed to be figuring out who you like, which I get. I get it. But I ain't got time to be texting a bunch of people all day long, especially if I'm working a full day at work all day. I definitely feel you on that because who has got time for the games? Nobody because that's childish. Like either you're going to occupy my time or you're not, or I'm going to choose to do you like that, but you don't get to choose to do me like that because I'm me. But I have a question though. Growing up, were you taught to date multiple people at one time? No. Um... I mean, not particularly from, like, family, but, you know, you see it on TV where or movies where a person meets up with somebody, they got they go out on a date, and it always makes me think, like, movies and TV are not realistic because, okay, before y'all got on a date, how, many, how long were y'all communicating? Was this, like, a one-time thing? Like, hey, I met you through a friend. Let's go on a date. Da 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 this and da da that. So like on TV, yeah, you see where a girl or a guy is trying to meet somebody and they go on multiple dates on like TV. But like in real life, nobody has ever said like, you know. But my dad always say when I had my high school sweetheart, he always told me, "You sure you want to just stay with him? Like you need to explore and 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 introduce yourself to new people. Like don't." think that y'all gonna get married or whatever like that and I was so mad at him because I was like this is my high school sweetheart of course I'm gonna be with him forever and lord behold he was so right just go experience your life and enjoy your life but it's crazy because if we're being honest with the whole where you talk to date conversation if a woman was out here quote-unquote dating like society believes that you should then you a hoe then you Lori Harvey 
So it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't type of situation. Yeah, I think the more of the aspect of the whole aspect comes from if if you, like, busting it wide open for everybody. You know what I'm saying? I guess, yeah, that's that's what I think. I think if it was more of, like, I'm going on a date because I want to have conversation and engage in a good, uh, like, good conversation and vibe with somebody, then that's technically what you call, like, dating. But at the same time, let society tell it, men tell it. If you tell a man you're entertaining him and two other guys, what is he going to say? Touche. And you, he don't even know you sleeping with these people. You're probably not even sleeping with these people. But because you're entertaining more than one person at a time, then, you know, you that guy if you a dude, but, you know, you nasty if you a female. So. Very true. Okay. So, going to switch gears right quick. Now we're going to go back to professional. So, be it that you are a school counselor, how do you feel this past year has affected the child mindset? I think it all, like, just like grief and any kind of trauma or anything people go through, it affects people differently. And I think for some kids, like, this was the best time of their life. Like, no school, sitting at the home. Because I know working at the school, a lot of these students went ghosts. Like, we couldn't find them. They wouldn't turn to schoolwork. They basically was chilling. You know what I'm saying? And then for other people, like, this is, like, a huge change for them. They're losing a lot of people, family members. Family members may have lost a job. And so, like, a lot of our students, they may be going through grief. They may be in, like, survival mode. They may be anxious because... The changes, they don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to have to wear masks forever? Or are we, is school going to be like this all day long? Like, so I think like tremendously it, it's affected people, but I also think it affected people in different ways. And y'all, I'm about to say something I just had an epiphany about, but hopefully I don't come off as rude. I have noticed, in my area at least, the people who are getting some type of government assistance are not the ones that's freaking out versus the people who are not on assistance. Those are the people are who are losing their jobs. Those are the people who, you know, losing insurance. Because if you're already on the government support, nothing happened. You were already at home. <laughs> Y'all already had, you know food in the house per se because your money didn't stop yeah that's true yeah so I just really yeah it just affects people in a different way and just the whole and the whole agitation of like I, I'm in the school system I mean at the school all day long and all you keep hearing us say is keep your mask on your face keep your mask on your face keep your mask on your face so I think also explaining to kids too because they these kids are definitely need to go down in history books because these kids are survivors like they had to figure out how to do virtual like learning and I can only imagine how that was and how tense it is 
in eight hours a day at that, like eight hours a day staring at that computer screen, I'm at home. Yeah, right. So, like, these kids are, like, troopers. And so, like, I think, like, they're they're going to know how to survive. I think to look at some good things, they're going to know how to survive. They're going to be able to be more flexible. But there are some, like, trauma and, like, grief and loss that they're experiencing, too. And so, like, also we're going to have to teach them, like, social skills. Like, what we don't understand is, yeah, these kids go to school to learn, but when they go to school, they're also learning how to communicate with people, how to work with people. And being virtually, yeah. you don't get those social skills. Yeah. And that's why I've always been a good, like, advocate for child care centers, because that gets them on those schools early. And a lot of people like to downplay daycare workers as not being teachers, but it's a lot of early steps that goes into those beginning years. Because you can always tell the kids who stayed at home until they went to kindergarten versus the kids who have been actively in daycare or childcare settings. Right. So yeah, this is this is a new time, a, a new a new year. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'm crossing fingers by August we will be back to normal. <laughs> right or something <laughs> something. Because Show me what advice do you have for parents who have kids that are struggling with virtual learning or just struggling with being home. For parents who that kids are struggling, is to keep pushing them, giving them some like positive encouragement and positive. You know, because initially it is hard. Being a virtual learner is hard. You're not there. And coming from a grown woman who did online to get her master's degree, and I struggled as an adult. Like, I need that one-on-one. -on -one. And when a teacher helps me, I need my teacher there. And so, like, just giving them that positive encouragement. Also, allowing breaks. You, if a kid is struggling and the parent noticing that the kid is struggling, link up with the teacher and go, hey, my child is trying really hard, but sitting in front of this, my child needs a break. Can Is there a way for you to incorporate breaks for the whole class? Or can my child put up a signal so that my child can walk away, get a drink of water, go sit outside for a second? Like, incorporate breaks because sitting there too long, that's, that's a struggle too. Um, also incur hopefully like having teachers like do small breakout rooms. Um, let and also just keep 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 letting the students know like I see you trying. This is a new year. Keep doing the best that you can. Push forward. And then also ha having a safe space for that kid to be able to say. I'm struggling. I don't like this. I don't know how to do this. And instead of yelling at them, having that safe space of letting them be able to talk it out so that you guys can come up with a solution to help them, like, you know, prosper. Yeah, I know a lot of parents who are really don't care this year, like, just make it to the end of the year. But then I also know a lot of parents who are mad at their kids for failing classes and I, I mean, of course you don't want your child to fail a class, but if any year was an excuse, this is the year. Like, this was tough on everybody. And I think people keep forgetting that 
Yeah, it was tough on you, but it was also tough on this child. Because this child just went from living a carefree life without a care in the world. And in a blink of an eye, their whole world is different. They have to not touch this, not do this, don't put this in your mouth. Keep your mask on. Don't touch nothing. Wipe your hands. That's a lot. A lot of kids were robbed of their childhood. In the Literally, sense. like the whole world shut down and you had to stay inside. Like, yeah. Yes. The world. <laughs> like, that's wild. I just think patience is a very good key for like a parent right now. Like anything, patience and encouraging words and safe space, but also being direct too. Because we all, it's like always found that balance of like, I understand where you're coming from. I'm going to support you and help you. But at the end of the day, you're going to get this stuff done. We're going to get it done. Because if you can sit up here and play these video games and do all this other stuff, you can sit here and do this too. We just got to figure out different ways to go about it. So it's just like find that medium balance. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. Sounds fair to me. Yeah, because I got kids in my class who want to rap TikTok all day. Spell your name. Oh, okay. I don't want to hear that then. Huh? What color is this? Oh, <laughs> don't want to hear it. Literally, it's just finding that, that balance. So, all right, I got a hot button. Oh, oh. hot button. The vaccine in mm. school saying that once it's out there and everybody can get it, kids can't come back unless they Well, get I wonder it. where you heard that part from because I saw an article where they were talking about the vaccine, and technically the vaccine is for children who are 16 and up. So, like, for us pertaining to us, it's kind of iffy because, like, yeah, our staff members, we had the opportunity to get it. Some staff members got it. Some staff members didn't. So are you saying that since the staff members are okay, the kids come back, and they're not vaccinated, that they're they going to be straight. So it's kind of just like, I, that's a, a tough thin line, especially for like elementary school. It's, it's like a definitely a tough thin line. Nice. You got kids that won't get Right, exactly. But see, I think, I think like to each his own, if you don't believe in vaccines, I know people who don't believe in vaccines, but they're doing other stuff to keep their immune system together. Like I know they, they're more into like the universe. So they do like herbs and stuff and they eat stuff naturally from the garden and, you know, they do stuff like that. So I just feel like to each his own, whatever you can do, to keep your immune system up, keep your immune system up so that we all good, okay? Because I don't want it. I don't know. I don't want nothing of it. And um, I don't want to have to get my nose swabbed again. That was the worst experience of my life. I don't care what nobody else. Mine wasn't bad. That was the worst. And you're the only person I've ever heard say that. Everybody be like, it's really not that bad. But you're scaring me. So I don't like stuff up my nose. Mm-mm. I I don't like stuff up my nose. Period. So them having mm. to stick something all See, the way I up my nose. Certain places I'm been, I has like, been like super extra because when I went and got mine done, it was literally right at the tip of my nostrils, and she swathed around at the tip of my nostrils, and that was it. Oh, my nose burned. I had something like that done. Um, I think they tried to see if I had strep. I don't know, but some kind of way it ended up in the back of my throat. Um, and I was like, oh my. So if it's anything like that, I don't want it. 
it's like stress. <laughs> That's how I felt. Apparently, that's how they test for the flu. And I was like, I've had the flu. It's never been tested like that. I don't know what y'all are talking about. It's usually my cheap shit they but I did, I, I did, to say the same, yes. I did get my first doses of the vaccine last week. Um, and so I get my second doses sometime by the end of this month. I think what really pushed me to get it is because I just feel like they're sooner or later they're going to crack down and say, well, you can't travel unless you have this. And I'm just going to be like, uh-uh, y'all not going to stop my traveling. So... <laughs> I, yeah, you like to go out of the country. So, and yeah. saying that already. Yeah. It's some country that has an anal swab now. Um, mm, Japan, I think. It's a no for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently, China has an anal swab. So, yeah. I'm yeah, it's a no for me. <laughs> a hard no. I would do that before I would do my nose, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nah. <laughs> you can do my nose. No, it's, it's actually I want to try this. There's a spit test. test. Yeah, but apparently it's a Ew. lot of spit in the tube. You gotta get in there. It's, yeah, you have spit in the tube. Yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, again, honestly, I would rather. So, what is your? What are y'all's like? No go, not having it bodily fluid. Mm, vomit. Oof. I don't know that I have mm. one. Oh, that is right. You wouldn't. No, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't do poop, poop either. But like, literally, if I hear yeah, somebody gagging like they're gonna vomit, it's coming for me. Me too. Me too. But I hate saliva. I hate the way it smells. My God. Ew. He pushed me on the floor and held me down and lit my face, and my face was so stink. I was so mad. But his breath didn't stink. I didn't. I didn't understand that. But that saliva, that must be that tongue germ. I am traumatized. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> All righty. Any more questions from you, Miss Alika? No, I am good. I've enjoyed this. Not your average. All right, LD, anything else you want to say to the people? No, thank you for inviting me. And, you know, I enjoyed our conversation. For sure. All right. I have our affirmation for the week. It is what is for me will always be for me. Mm. Mm. Yes. What is for me will always be for me. I don't think I said it the same way. <laughs> but y'all know what I mean. <laughs> It was, still, it was still, I yeah, still so they got it. So don't play. It's all right. <laughs> I still felt it. Okay, so go ahead, Miss Alika. Close the song now. Y'all know how to follow, how to reach out to us. Email us at nyagtpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook. Reach out to us on our website, gumroad.com backslash nyagt. And we will see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.